The growing calls across the nation to defund the police. To end policing as we know it. Off the charts violence in New York City. 11 people shot in just eight hours on Sunday. This is Sunday. about the police officers, officers who every single day put on that uniform and they run towards danger when we run away from it. Good sub, idiot. Welcome to the Failure to Stop podcast, the number one show where police meet society and culture. Today, you're tuning into the flagship Friday show, which is our case breakdowns. We do three other shows on this network from True Crime to Dispatch Com Center and all the other news in between. We have it all. We have it all for you first responders to keep you awake, to keep you alive, uh, and also to inform all you other citizens out there of all the stuff that goes on in the world of first responder life. Uh, today's show is brought to you by ghostbed.com forward slash Wolfpack. Get you 35% off right now. Unless you're still running that President's Day sale, which is 40% off, and you don't want to use that promo code Wolfpack. You want to use the main website's uh, code that they got for that 40% off. But then drop Wolfpack in the or failure to stop in the comment section in the survey. It helps us out a little bit. Let's them know that you're listening to the show. There was a lot of emails this uh, week about the promo code, and that's what I figured out for you. So thank you, Ghostbed, again, for being such a loyal and awesome sponsor to all the first responders and giving first responders out there a good bed to sleep on because mental health starts with good night's sleep. You guys give us that, baby. Hey, if you want to support this show, if you're watching on YouTube Live, which there's already 136 comments in the live chat, and we're fucking 14 seconds into this episode, so you guys calm down in there, whatever's going on. Make me come in there. Well, made me come in there <laughs> delivering spankings if I have to get up and go over there. Uh, but if you want to like and support the show, make sure you hammer that like button on the old YouTubes. But more importantly for podcasts, because this 99% of our followership is listeners, uh, give us a five-star rating review on the old iTunes, on the old Spotify, Podbean, wherever, Podkite, wherever you listen to your or stream your podcast, give us a rating and review. Give us a follow. Hit that automatic download button. Today we're breaking down Levon Smith shooting uh, where an officer in Chicago uh, shot and killed a man after de-escalating, de-escalating, gone to escalating. But it wasn't about the shooting itself. It was about what she said afterwards that has caused all the controversy here. Because you know what? Even if it's a perfect shoot, even if it's a perfect shoot, we're going to we're going to Monday morning quarterback the shit out of you. That's mainstream media's way of doing things. We're going to find you guilty of something. Right now, there's a ten million dollar lawsuit for what she said after she killed somebody. I don't know what I would say. Do you know what you would say? Have you thought about what you would say after you kill somebody in every situation? Let's say it was as personal as somebody going after your kids. Do you know what you're going to say after you win that fight? I don't know, but we're going to talk about it today. Uh, news. Is there any current police news? Oh, by the way, I'm joined, as always, by my awesome co-host, Drew Breezy, the easy oh. Drew Breezy, the host of Com Center as well. And uh, he's way smarter than I am. I'm just a voice. I'm the hype man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not buying that. I, I got a bad review the other day uh, about my ghost bad ad read. Uh, and, and I do see John here in the chat. He's my uh, JB. He's my partner on uh, Com Center. On <laughs> did the, did the review sound something like nothing puts me faster to sleep than Drew, <laughs> <laughs> than Drew Breezy's ad reads? Was it something like that? Was it something like, no, it wasn't. there's only it, one thing other than a ghost bed that puts me to sleep right away. And that's Drew Breezy's ad reads. It was either, um, it, it was either. John's fault or my fault, so I'm just going to make sure that it's John's fault because he has no way to defend himself right now. 
And it said, basically, um, these ghost bed ad reads are, is it my imagination of these ghost bed ad reads really bad now? Or is it just that Tansy's that good? That's oh. exactly what the review said. Now, let me tell you, I've, that bruises my ego just a little bit. I am, uh, I, I was an instructor, like a teacher. I, yeah. I, I prefer the term teacher. I educated. I didn't uh, instruct. Um, for like 10 years, I taught this 40 hour, uh, interviews and interrogations class. I did it like two or three times a year. I got really good at it. Uh, 30, 30 to 35, like detective supervisor, that, that kind of level. And, uh, I'm telling you at the end of the week, I was exhausted because of everything that I, I dumped into that, like all the adrenaline and all the worry about making sure everything was going right. And I'm telling you every class, I would get 29 out of 30 great reviews. Right. And then there's just that one that's sometimes not even bad. It's just like average or I, I just Drew Breezy, Drew Breezy is that dude in the class. He's the instructor. Uh, I guarantee you. I never took any of your classes, but I just I can see like you're the instructor that spent like you're in a one hour class and you have a break. Right. And like if you're in class, nobody cares what you're in class about. Very rarely do we actually care what we're learning. We want to go to breaks. So we can go go to Hooters, yeah. get some wings, get some brews. Um but he's the one that like starts like the first 30 minutes off with saying like, dude, I'm the cool guy. Like if if it's a PowerPoint, we don't need to get through it. We're going to brush right through. We're going to go right through. We're going to skip over the PowerPoint. I'm not the kind of guy that's going to beat you to death by PowerPoint. I'm going to keep the course moving along, you know, because I'm a cool instructor, man. And because, you know, I've always thought that I hate sitting in front of that instructor that just won't get off of the one subject. So for me, I'm just, I'm not going to sit there and beat a dead horse. Um, you know, there's a lot of instructors. I was actually out of court and it's like 30 minutes in. You're like, dude, we're never getting out of here on time. This guy can't even stop talking. <laughs> Waste our time with all the bullshit. Um, no, you, you're, you're, you're not too so far cool. off. You're definitely not too far off. I, I, I didn't show up uh, with the uh, with the corduroy jacket with the patches on the sleeve or anything. I didn't try to be one of the cool guys. I think that's what kind of kept me uh, in the mix, to be honest. like right. That's what gave me the credibility. I was able to stand up and just handle the tough questions or because I'm, I'm going to tell you right now that for me, like being the introvert that I am, though, you would not know um, that is uh, fucking terrifying for me. So I'm standing up there having to know the right answer. So right. you're right. There is a, a degree of rambling that went on where I was, whereby I was trying to tell everybody, I'm not wasting your time. Or I'm not going to waste your time, but I'm completely wasting your time. I used to moment. write that. Like I would pass that note every, every time in class, like every other instructor, like, I would say out of five instructors, you had one that was was a, like a legit good instructor. All the rest, like I would always like send a note and be like, "Yeah, I'm not going to waste your time, but I'm totally wasting your time." Right now. <laughs> well, I totally can tell you this though. I, I I I said I I always said, "Look, this is a 40 hour course. You're going to be here for 40 hours." That was the college's rule. That wasn't my rule. Right. It's the state's rule. So, right. uh, but you know what? You're getting paid to watch fucking movies. You know, like this is, this is a film strip day or movie day when you're in elementary school. Right. So. Like I like the instructor though, that like starts the <laughs> class off with like the crazy YouTube video of somebody dying or like a crazy car wreck or something like that. And he's like today talking about first aid, <laughs> feel a uh, flip open your butt, like just jump right into it. And then you're like, all right, uh, we've gotten through all the PowerPoints that we got to get through for the next 20 minutes. You guys do practical exercises, break yourselves down into groups, find your best friends. And, uh, I don't want to see you, but yeah. I want you to find somewhere around the building to do practicals. And I trust you guys. I trust that you're here to right. learn. So go away from me and, and, and rehearse and practice. Do, practical and do me a favor. Don't set up the like, fire alarms. Like the last class did, please like, don't set up. The fire see alarms. you boys at Chick-fil-A. He said, go anywhere. And then yeah. you always have like the nerds that are like, 
uh, oh, come on, guys. Seriously, you're leaving? I mean, he's trusting us. Like, we need to practice. And you're like, yeah, he literally said, go away, go anywhere and practice. That means, like, go to Hooters 30 minutes early, you dickbag. Like, yeah, he, he's hung over. He doesn't Hooters, want to teach today. A <laughs> yeah. He's on a bender. He doesn't really want to teach today either. <laughs> Why do we have so, any news? Let's just get out of his hair. Yeah, uh, California. I know this shouldn't surprise you, but there's a California bill that's going to ban or that would ban, if, if passed, police dogs from biting suspected criminals. If you watched Com Center last night with JB and I, uh, I covered this a little bit, and then I went on a little rant, but I, 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 there's a purpose behind this. Like, This is kind of what it's saying, that um, law enforcement agencies in California would be prevented from using police canines from being put in situations where they could bite someone under a new bill being considered by state lawmakers in an effort to and a deeply racialized and harmful practice, one of the bill's authors says. So this is Assembly Member Corey Jackson. I, I'm going to play the clip of Mr. Jackson, uh, Dr. Jackson, I think it is. And I will, um, it says, under the bill, law enforcement will be prohibited from using police dogs in apprehensions, arrests, and, and crowd control. So I guess... Uh, we made committing crimes racist? We did. Here, watch this, because I, I okay. do have something Newly elected Assemblymember Corey Jackson said police canines were first used by slave catchers and are a violent carryover from America's dark past. And that is a vicious and unforgiving part of our history that has created nightmares, that has institutionalized and created generational trauma. It's why he wants to ban police from using them for arrest, detention, or any form of crowd control. (laughs) He cited data from the California Department of Justice that shows nearly two-thirds of people injured by canines are black or Latino. That was Samuel Jackson, by the way. These bites can create lifelong injuries. So? So Let's make this clear. Lifelong injuries before you're proven guilty. Republican Assemblymember Tom Okay, so l- th- this is all I want to say about this. Like, we only go after, we only use canines for violent felonies anyway. Okay, or, you're, or like you're, violent you're hitting on what I want to talk about. Like, I, I think personally, to compare slave catchers with dogs and current police officers trying to catch violent felons is a disservice to the slaves because <laughs> the slaves were running for freedom. They were in captivity, not in California, by the way. But the slaves were running from for freedom. They were in captivity, uh, you know, unnecessarily. It's a, horror, a horrific part of our history. And, and slaves are trying to get away to be free. When we're trying to apprehend a violent felon, and we use a canine to do so to save the life of an officer or the citizens around them, we are, that, that is somebody who is running away from responsibility. That's somebody who's running away from accountability. And if we're going to put a bill forward that demonizes the, the frickin Malinois, Malinois or German shepherd based on the racial history, it's, uh, it's insane. And you can cite all the data you want where you say, well, most people that are bit are Hispanic or black. Well, you know, there's a second side to that coin. Most people that run are Hispanic or black. That's exactly what you're saying when you cite that data. So here's the thing. We can start with the core issue. Let's not commit felonies because that's usually when a canine is used is during a felony crime. I know it is. uh, That's one of the criteria where I work. Felonies may be domestic violence. Then secondly, if you do commit the felony and the police are behind you, why don't you just answer to your shit? 
and and then you won't get bit by a by a slave catcher dog. You know, I I, I just I, I take complete issue. This is just yet. Another... I heard though that if you run and then you get underneath like a patio furniture table and you close your eyes, yeah, the dog can't see you, therefore it cannot bite you. Well, your if, eyes are closed. Yeah, if there's a tarp and you're under the table, obviously if there's a tarp. Uh, hiding in boats. That's a very common thing here in Florida. If there's a boat in the driveway, the, pe- the, the guys always hide in the boats. Um, or, or bikes. I mean, you know, stealing a bike. That's kind of the easiest way to defeat a canine. I, all, all I'm saying is this. Look, don't commit crime and you won't get bit by the dog. And the dog yeah. is not. The, 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 if anything, the dog. Are dogs colorblind? I don't know. The, but the, the, they go by scent. They go by your the scent of your fear, from what I understand. So it's or, or or of your adrenaline. So okay, let me walk something back. I go by the I say they go by the scent of your fear, which implies everybody that's running from a canine is in fear. They're in fear of being caught for sure, but they probably go off the scent of your adrenaline. Um, and yeah, I, I would say that they're, they're probably not calculating your your ancestors. <laughs> they're not they're they're not thinking well my. Well, King Rex. You ever think a dog's first. running away and it's just like, man, I wish my canine handler would let me eat more white people? Yeah, King, King I feel Rex like that makes the canine. I think like that makes the canine racist. If the can, if the canine only wants to bite white people, then you know he prefers whites over blacks, and that's fucking racist. This is a this is the the same de-escalation that they decry. This is the, this is a tech a tactic or technique, because how many successful apprehensions have come? With the presence of a canine. And, yeah, and- I mean, uh, my, my favorite story in my book, and like one of my favorite stories of all time, is where this rookie completely, uh, that I'm training, completely fucks everything up, and these guys run down this like huge ravine, and, and it's like 40 feet. It's like 40 feet down the bottom, and then 40 feet back up the other side. And these are like probably 15, 16-year-old high school kids that you know committed a robbery while everybody else is in school and are running. And we don't have a, like, they have dogs on the ground looking for them. But I'd already known, like I'd already knew that that, that they probably the, the suspects hit the creek or were running up the creek because this dog was just like all up in this creek, you know. But you know, switching sides, trying to find its tent. So I went miles and miles down the road, not miles and miles, but probably a good mile, solid yeah. mile down the road. And I said, "Hey, dude, we're just gonna walk. We're gonna drive in our car down the greenway, real slow." And they're probably gonna be down in that ravine, but if they're not gonna see us before we see them because they're gonna be trying to maneuver through the thick woods so be very quiet if you see him just tell me we don't say anything and then it's like five seconds later he's like i got him stop police and i'm like nope now we'll never catch them because they're going to run up the other side of the ravine and we're not going to get down and up in time so i get out of my car and i just start barking and i'm like i'm gonna release the canine and i just keep barking and barking and they both lay down on the bank screaming don't let it go go and i was like go down there and get him go down there i'm gonna stay up here and keep barking and he like made his way it took him like six minutes to get down there to get them both and they were both like don't let the dog go and the one kid got up and he was like man i saw that dog he wanted to eat my head off man that dog that's the meanest looking dog i've ever seen and i was like I'm and this was I'm the, the genesis that that was the beginning uh the wolf pack was born i got a bark dude i got a strong bark <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, dogs are racist. I think we should make committing crimes racist, to be honest with you. Yeah. You I, commit crimes, you're racist. Since that's the worst thing to be nowadays. That are conspiracy theorists. If you commit crimes, you're a conspiracy theorist. But but how many violent felons have we arrested committing crimes in the black community? It doesn't matter if the 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 uh, offender is black or white. Like 
So, so we're only allowed to use the canine on white effect. Like this is ludicrous. This is, I mean, that's, that's over the line. Like it it just, it's a tool to apprehend. Like don't these people. And I mean, like these activist people, when they're like, what do you mean by these people? I mean, like fucking activist people. Like, don't they just say shit like all the time coming up with some kind of wazoo? It's like the only thing that gives them clout is us talking about it. Like, do you think that bill's really going to get passed? No, I, I, well, uh, I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked if a version of it didn't get passed. But but the other part of that is, it, it's not that they say it; it's that they believe it. And and like it, it's not based. Do you in think reality. that guy believes it? Do yes. You think that guy honestly yeah, believes? He's, he's a doctor. Uh, he's a so obviously a PhD. I don't think he's a medical doctor, but he's a PhD. So he goes off of data. Like he, it's just even even criminal justice academics. Well, obviously, he has a PhD like like and they, he's looking at data. You don't think he's like smart enough to look at the data and say like, oh well, you know, eighty five percent of the of whatever race runs from police versus you know whatever. I mean, I, I don't know. Like he's not. When you look at, at data. Way. You have to look at the totality of the data. You can't just go like. <laughs> oh, you know, like ninety percent of white women are bad drivers. I didn't say that. Doctor Tansy said that. That's Doctor Tansy's dad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Without like looking at like, yeah, I was like, thinking you're in an, if you're in an all like if you're in an all white area, right? Yeah, and right. the majority of the men are deployed because it's a military base, and so like ninety percent of the town is women driving, and they're white. Well, then there's where you get ninety percent. It doesn't mean that like white women are bad drivers, right? you know you gotta like look at the totality of the data yeah i I, i'm in total agreement yeah i like what greg says in the chats this is a chance to make himself a name it's opportunistic activism that's what i think i think a lot of that is just opportunistic activism it's like how can i get a job like i want to protest all the time because it's fun and it's not real work so how can i podcast all the time and get paid for it and that's to come up with bullshit like this or to come up with like an organization or, or come up with something that's completely unreasonable, and then when it doesn't get passed, then you just you just say, "Yeah, this is further evidence that this is a racist society." <laughs> right. Yeah. Listen, I, I don't. <laughs> I hate to make this a black and white issue. He's made that a black and white issue. I, I'm I, like, when I was a cop, I saw no color, and that shouldn't be offensive. It's this is a a time to stand up and say, like, it's a time for America to stand up and say, enough of this shit. Well, yeah, like, it was like, don't, don't they understand that like our victims were black? Yes, that's, like I worked that's... in an all-black community, and I was finding these guys to stop them because I was on the side of the victims. Dude, like when you hear somebody wake up and just like crying their eyes out because their college fund was stolen from the house that they, you know, they don't trust the banks or whatever, and they've been raising money to get their kids to get out of those streets and to do that. And I work three jobs and you're hearing this mom, just like, I wake up at four in the morning and drive the school bus. And then I go straight to work at such and such place. And I'm just doing everything I can to make it in life. And somebody broke in the house and they stole my safe, you know, and you're looking around a nice clean home uh, with pictures of a beautiful family on the wall. Like, (laughs) All you see here is a victim and all you see is a major asshole that you can't wait to find. And you hope he fights you because you want to beat this guy's ass for coming into this beautiful home and wrecking it. Like there's no race there. It's not like I want to go find an Asian man to beat his ass right now. Cause I got <laughs> it. No, it's like, day. 
you know, like I, I like I empathize with my victims and I want to bring because I love justice. Like I seek justice. That's what, no justice, no peace. There's no justice for victims. That's the problem. We have absolutely zero justice for victims. Like criminals get to do whatever the fuck they want. Like you want to really get into some the, like statistical data. Look how many victims get fucked over by the court versus like cops wronging suspects. Right. I, I, I but the, this argument always comes up of, of well, you're, it's easy for you to say you're a white man, blah, blah, blah. And I always say, stop right there. Because do you put what, your hand up like that? Because that seems racist. Let me ask you. I, I got the, that stop in the name of love. <sighs> but what makes your uh, ability to say that I'm wrong because of my experiences? You know what I'm saying? You're calling yeah. me out for saying, wait a minute, th there's a flaw in your theory. And you're saying, well, no, you can't know that because of my experiences. Well, what gives you, what qualifies you to say that I'm wrong because of my experience? Like I'm based on my experiences. I'm, I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm earnest and I understand maybe you don't trust that. Uh, I get it, but I'm, I'm being honest about it. I, at least I'm objective about it. Like, you know, the, the bomb detection canine is not only going to save the white people at the game. The bomb detection canine is going to save everybody if they find a bomb. It's not always just about the race of the person. Right. It's it's perhaps it's just the offender. Maybe we need to look at people offending and committing yeah. crimes. Maybe we need to put the blame on them. Yeah, it's like try to just be a decent human being. Yeah, don't be a shit human. How about yeah. that? How about that? How about that? Uh, anything else in the news before we get into this awesome I breakdown? I, I mean, there's plenty in the news, but who's counting? <laughs> I mean, you're the news guy. I hope you're counting. God, man. Do we have any reviews from the underpaid producer? Well, yes, of news, we do. Actually. Let me see what we got, baby. More abestos. More asbestos. Five stars. <laughs> this is why Drew usually reads these because I'm can't read because I'm too stupid. Abestos. Um, I'm not a racist. I'm just an idiot. Great shows. Been a fan since the beginning. Mike and Eric saved the morale of so many with this show when it was tough to be in law enforcement. Since then, Mike has moved on, but Drew's a smart guy. He is a smart guy with a heart. I hope he has a heart. Yes. And all really want to bring a noble profession to light uh, while being darkly funny at the same time, Andrea mixes it up by breaking unsolved cases and has no problem keeping you up late on Tuesday nights with her beautiful, sexy shoulders. Oh, he didn't write that. Uh, they've got a bit of the following that is somewhat cult-like. We do have a cult-like following. Uh, speaking of which, we have a meetup uh, at the 12th, Raleigh, North Carolina. Get up on that. Thankful. No com uh, comments nearby. Keep it up, guys. Guns up and giddy up. I'll let you do the next one. This is an A plus. Ryan and Jackson uh, from February seventh said uh, A plus. It's a five star review, uh, which you can leave as well. Great show featuring inter interesting topics and opinions. Uh, I'd like to live in Tansy's head for a day, uh, although that mullet would probably keep you warm. Uh, could only imagine what roller coaster ride would feel like. What that roller coaster ride would feel like. Ooh, it's an emotional roller coaster, man. My highs are really high, and. Uh... <laughs> I just take my lows on the chin. I try not to, to wear my lows on my sleeve. Um, There's a corkscrew in there. But I've gotten really good at just being like living in the moment of my highs and then just like riding out my lows. Then blaming all my lows on everyone else. And then in my friends who are in low places. All right, next one. Five stars. Mark Cray. 
Bold move, Mark. Not a lot of people put their real names, the real government names on these reviews, but you, my friend, you've got that courage. You've got that dog in you. I like it. Well, I was told to write this. When Drew and Tansy tell me to write a review, I do. This is a great podcast to sit down and enjoy with the shenanigans. All four shows are awesome to listen to. Masterpiece. Will. Huh. Maybe Will he didn't Craig. use his government name because now he's using Mark it's Craig and then he's got Will. Names. Good for you. <laughs> he has two different governments. All right, let's he, jump into today's breakdown. Unless we got something else. We got any more reviews? No, that's it. Just three. Those are great. Those are great reviews. Thank you, everybody. Leave us a rating or a review, and we'll try to read those out loud. Um, I think we're approaching 2,000 reviews on iTunes, so that's always fun. I would say when we get close to a, a milestone there. Uh, today's breakdown. We chose this breakdown because we're starting to see a little bit more of this. We didn't really see a lot of this in the past. If you go through the last year and a half of reviews um, and you watch a lot of the footage or you hear us break it down, we never really talk about what's said after the fight because there's really not much said after the fight. Um, what I have noticed in these recent shootings in the last six months to a year, now mind you, the people that are becoming cops now were actually getting hired two years ago and they're just now making it to the streets, right? They did nine months in the academy and about one year with a field training squad. And so, you know, almost in their two year mark, they're just now starting to hit the streets and we're just now starting to see what a disaster a lot of this police reform has become because we're, we're, we're hiring people not because of their qualifications, but because of their sexual identity or the color of their skin or, you know, um, or, or what politically they align themselves with. So instead of looking for qualified people and it not mattering what color they are or what they identify as sexually or what their political affiliation is. Now we only want one certain type of individual that meets the check the blocks criteria um, that fits the anti-police police reform narrative. I don't, you know, this is a lot of, this is a, this has to do with a lot of chiefs um, that are, are acting on behalf of city managers and town councils rather than sheriffs who are acting on votes. And so uh, the last couple of episodes, we've seen the unprofessionalism that comes with hiring unprofessional human beings. Now I think this is a wonderful shoot, by the way. Um, I think this is a very brave and courageous uh, female um, and I don't want to take away from that, but there's no professional standard there. And she's allowed to kind of hold on to her cultural identity. And that is, I don't agree with that. Now, before you say you're a racist scumbag pig, when I joined the military in 2003, I wasn't allowed to redneck my cap. That was the term that was used in the military. Do not redneck your cap. Rednecking your cap meant that you creased it down the center and you jacked it back like such, like a redneck. Um, and nobody had any problem telling you whether they were white, black, Asian, Mexican, whatever your drill sergeant was. If you necked your cap, you paid dearly for rednecking your cap because you don't identify as a redneck when you're in the army. You're in the army. You'll identify as a private. And that's it. You weren't allowed to drag your feet. <clears throat> you weren't allowed to shuffle your feet across the pavement. That was called bebopping or walking like you're on the back on the block. You weren't allowed to walk like you're back on the block. You had to walk like a soldier. You weren't allowed to speak Spanish. You weren't allowed to talk any bonics. You weren't allowed to talk gay. If you had a gay wisp, they made you talk like a soldier. If you had a redneck twang to you, they shamed you until you dropped that twang and talked like a real soldier. When you're off duty and you're not in uniform, you kind of do whatever you want. 
But while you're in uniform, you're expected to act like a soldier. When I became a police officer in the highest breed of corps, the Raleigh Police Department had, you're expected to be the same way. You didn't bebop in your uniform. You didn't redneck your cap. Your sexual identity didn't matter. You were expected to be a professional at all times, to talk like a professional. Matter of fact, that was the hardest thing for me in the academy was not swearing. And I was forever shamed every time I swore. I, I, was, I had a mock, uh, a mock funeral for myself because I escalated something by the tone of, of language that I used. And so it led to my demise and my classmates actually had to bury me and have a funeral and say last words. It was a shameful and embarrassing moment, but I learned a valuable lesson that my mouth can absolutely get me in trouble. And so when I was in uniform, I was always very careful of how I said things. And it's not about what you say sometimes. It's about how you say them. But right now, that's not a standard that's being taught because we want people to identify culturally. We want them to wear their cultural identity on their sleeve because it shows it's a virtue signal to the department. Look how diverse we are. We have people from the inner city. They, look how they talk. They talk like they're from the inner city. We have gays. Look how they talk. Look at all of our gays. Look how they wear their hair. We have gays here, baby. We want to virtue signal these identities. And it's really coming back to bite us in the ass. And here's a $10 million lawsuit proof of how allowing somebody's culture and their professionalism cost that, that city, uh, that, that department potentially $10 million. Um, <clears throat> I, I did a little note on, or I mean, I did a little thing on my uh, Instagram yesterday. I, I saw a, a clip. I talked about this on Comp Center last night also, but there was a clip of, uh, I don't know if you've seen this, where the Austin City PD were being pushed back by a, a large mob. Uh, it, it'll, it'll turn your stomach if you, if you see that. But um, I, I think we've come to a point where we're governing by DEI and, and, and any other buzzword that the community wants us to use. And it's a small part of the community that wants us to use it. And we're, we're, we're bending over backwards to make sure that that small part of the community is, is happy and satisfied because they're the most vocal. So like you say, you know, if it, whether it's being driven by a mayor for political reasons or, or a sheriff, again, for political reasons, um, I, I think this is a danger. I think this puts the officer and the citizen in danger. Uh, diver diversity, equity, and inclusion is nothing I fear. It's not kryptonite to me. I, I'm, I'm not a fan of equity. I think that the most qualified person should be in the position, not just because you look a certain way, you should be in that position. But when we start governing based on those principles, you're seeing what you're seeing. You're you're seeing. We're getting. You're getting the result that you're seeing, and you're you're making too much of an issue so that your solid officers or your core officers are not able to do their jobs anymore because they're thinking of that. They're thinking of the DEI. If and if you just have the courage to lead. And just say, look, this is how we do things. This is your community. I got it. Uh, we should never let our authority overshadow our service because it is your community. You do pay our salary. You also pay our sa uh, you pay our salary to protect you. And I'm qualified to protect you. I know how to protect you, and I've got the training. I've got the experience. I've got the education. 
So let me protect you in the way I know how. Don't force me into protecting the way you think I need to do it. And I think that that's what's causing a lot of this harm. You're absolutely right, Drew. Let's play this tape. Daniel, you guys will know exactly what we're talking about here. Um, and, and this is a shooting that you're going to see a lot in the news. They're, it's, it's already being weaponized. Um, but we have a lot to break down, so let's go. Roll that beautiful Bane footage. Warning graphic content. For those of you who are just listening, what we have is a Hispanic-ish or uh, pr- probably like some kind of Hispanic-ish South American descent female wearing a black jacket and sweatpants. Um, what kind of male is that? I can't tell because he's, he's a black sweater. Is he a black male? Yep. All right, stop the video really quick. They might both be black. They're both just like skin. Yeah, she's but I believe she's what black. you're missing before this was that there was a fight that, it, that was between four people, and it appeared that maybe one person had robbed somebody. The way it all works out is on January 18th and the 1300 block of West 90th Street, there were four individuals. Um, you could see them on a, on a video for those that are watching, you see it. Those listening, you can't see it, obviously. They're arguing and they were shouting over one another. Again, this is typical inner city um, kind of a fight in, in the inner city, right? Everybody's yelling over each other. Um, and, and we really don't know what's going on because nobody can understand what anybody else is saying because it's usually just nonsense. And if you're like, that's racist, no, that's just a fact. You just go down to low income inner city, watch bums fight of any race. And it's the, it's, it's all chaos and nobody knows what's going on. Sounds something like this motherfucker over here talking this, that, and the third, mm-hmm. bringing over that bad blase, blase, not motherfucker. You were bringing up the blase, blase, man, shut the motherfucker up. And that's all you get, right? So nobody ever knows what's really going on. We've just got a whole bunch of people shouting over each other, which um, is an intimidation factor in itself. It would be like getting into, uh, you know, getting out, out of the car in Africa and a bunch of lions just start roaring and growling. You would be like, I'm getting back in the fucking car. That's a lot of noise that doesn't sound happy. That's exactly how this is ensuing. It's a lot of very loud, boisterous nothingness that sounds very aggressive and violent. Now, this woman who is uh, a police officer, she's an off-duty officer, and she's got her hands in her pockets, and you've got the four males that are standing there, and she's walking up, and she, uh, on the video, is de-escalating the fight. She's done a really good job of getting everybody to calm down. She does a wonderful job of this, and everybody's like, you know what? We're good. We're good here. We don't want any of what she has to say. So we're going to leave. And you see the three individuals who appear to be younger than the man that they're fighting with. It almost looks like it's three versus the older guy. Is that is that right? Yeah, I think so. It was uh, it was a, a, a from the initial reports were that this was a robbery that she intervened in. So so somebody was being robbed. I think somebody else had even reported it and she went on she's not even working she lives like right around there somewhere she's off duty um and she intervened Hell in a place robbery. to live that doesn't look like a friendly place i, I don't know that you're going to find a, a place in, i mean she's on the south side of chicago but i mean i don't know that you're going to find a place in chicago that doesn't have you know a pocket of um just you know they they even say the what's that called the miracle mile or whatever the the shopping area uh downtown or wherever it is, they, they said that that's rife with criminal activity. Like it's, it's rampant in Chicago. And this is another example. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's why like and, when I, when I was a cop, I moved as far out of the city as I could because yeah. I didn't want to have to deal with shit like this when I'm off duty and I don't want my kids to have to go through it. 
But it appears to me that these three younger guys have some beef with this older guy. Um, and, and, and I, what I'd read was, and there's, there's really not a lot on this article. The most that you can get out of the story is all about the police's actions. You don't really get to see, um, anything else here. Um, but the point being is that she was able to deescalate the situation and all three people went a certain way. This is where the video gets scary. It's just her and the guy, she's got her hands in her pockets. So she doesn't, she's not alarmed. She's not threatened by anything. She had, by the way, at that point, identified herself. She she had already identified herself, and you're right. It it not only had de- it de-escalated. She was like hanging out with this guy, kind of talking to him, uh, as in, um, you know, I don't know what she was saying. I get the impression it was kind of like, look, I could get you in a lot of trouble right now. I'm an off-duty police officer. Uh, why don't you just hang out with me here for a minute, and you, while they walk south, you walk north. And and that's that's the impression I got. Of what and they're was just standing together point. for a hot second, just standing right. there. Her hands are in her pockets, like they're buddies on the sidewalk. She, as they, as the three younger men, exit the screen, they're gone. She then turns her shoulders very casually and calmly and begins to walk away from the suspect. Then the suspect runs up behind her and grabs her like a bear hug, and picks her up in the air, feet off of the ground. And a fight between her, the officer, and the uh, the suspect in suit. Go ahead and push play, and we'll watch this fight. He grabs her gun. She pulls the gun out. She shoots him. Um, I think it's kind of important to rewind and, and hear what her yeah. words were right yeah, before. I'll be quiet. I'll be, I just wanted to paint this picture for our listeners. Yeah. Here we go. No, we got to rewind it. We need to rewind it. That's I could that's it. all there is in the clip. <laughs> oh, I, we can't go back. I don't know what... Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to fast forward to them. <laughs> They're just standing together. He hasn't been shot yet, right? No. Okay. Yeah. Here, she's walking so away with her hands in her pockets. He reaches around. You can see him grabbing her gun. No, but what I'm saying is, what she's saying is very important. That's, what, that's where the lawsuit comes in. She, she is standing there talking. He says something to the effect of, you just, I think they got my $80 or whatever, so maybe he was the robbery victim. But at any rate, they're just having casual conversation. As he's starting to walk away, he bear hugs her, and she says, I will shoot you. I will kill you. I will kill you. And that's when the first shot goes off. All right, let's listen to that. We'll play it back. We'll listen to it from the beginning. Just listen. Here we go. He's still fighting. Oh, now he's
Is that your gun? He points it straight up in the air. <laughs> There's not a lot of handgun discipline in this. I think she even has her holster on. Hands in her pocket, other guns in her hand. She puts her crock back on. She's pointing at him with the gun. I mean, the adrenaline is like taking over. She has no idea what she's doing right now. She's yeah. pointing the gun at her own coochie. here is zero professionalism um zero professionalism i mean even saying police over and over again cringe um you know you're not you're 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 an officer of the law you're not in the you're not a you're you're not hood anymore you're a cop you're professional i wouldn't shoot somebody and be like bro dude fuck dude i told you i'd smoke your ass dude didn't i bro Fuck yeah, dude. Fuck no. If I shot somebody, I'd be like, hey man, we need to get you medical emergency. Hey, I need you to call 911 right now. Let's go. Get on the horn. Get on that one. I'm an off-duty police officer. I just got an officer involved shooting. We need to get we need to get an EMS unit here right now. Let's go. You know, like you, yes. you're not walking around throwing this gun up like you're gangster, man. Mm. Unprofessional. Completely unprofessional. Okay. I I, I mean I, I'm I'll say this like I, I agree a thousand percent on this. However, your adrenaline is going to take control. Yeah. She, right. she though is exhibiting. I see it in the chats. Even there's a difference between robbery victim mode and cop mode. She switched into cop mode to defend the robbery victim that she was, but she stayed in robbery victim mode. And, and you can't, I, I mean, I, I can't, I can never say I can't, I was never in that position, but, but I, I, I think that your instincts should click that, oh, shit, I just shot him. I don't care if you told him you were going to shoot him or not. I don't care that he said, you're going to have to kill me. I think that might help in the lawsuit at some point. But um, you got to get medical aid to him. Like you, Once any officer involved shooting, it doesn't matter if you're wearing Crocs and sweatpants or you're wearing a full uniform, the ultimate goal of a use of force, which this, this is, it's a use of deadly force, the ultimate goal of a use of force is control. So if you've used the force and you have control, now you have to click back into being a police officer, which means you have a bleeding victim in front of you that you have an obligation to save. As, as mindfuck as that is, you have an obligation to make an attempt to save that person. 
And, and all in her defense, though, he was being kind of toxic. He called her baby girl um, several times. I mean, that's like it's really bad. So I think that's where that third shot came from, because he was like baby girl. And she was like, no, you did not just baby girl me. Bow. Um, no, but you're absolutely right. Uh, when you, there's a use of force, right? Like I used to joke. I used to say, you know, if I get it, if I get my state side, um, I'm going to I'm be like first get me my attorney, call my wife and then call my travel agent because I'm going on vacation, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and we joke about that, but it's not funny because when you are in an officer involved shooting, you don't say any of those things, but a good department would teach you to not say anything, right? We've talked about this with the Memphis beatdown. If there's a use of force, you shut, you, you be quiet, you be quiet or, or you're, I mean, you should have just, be professional but if you can't be professional you should absolutely be quiet now again i feel like she's justified in shooting this guy uh he attacked her when nobody when he waited for everybody to to go away and then he attacked her he way oversizes this female as well so we also have a domestic violence issue here i mean anytime a guy is that, that blazing you yeah. know is that comfortable putting his hands on a woman this dude's probably done that a lot so he's probably deserves to die tenfold. Um, I'm sure he's done a lot of shitty things. I can just tell from his behavior, he's probably done a lot of bad things in his life. Well, I mean, just even if you back up just a little bit, like what would be the purpose of getting her gun away other right. than to, I mean, like... To beat the shit out of her or to shoot her. Shoot her and kill her. Imminent threat of death or great bodily harm to yourself or someone else. And and that that's classic definition. I mean, there's no good reason for him to grab her gun. There, and I know why he grabbed zero. it. I know why he grabbed it because she's wearing sweatpants and she's got that off-duty holster clipped onto her sweatpants. So you know that her sweatpants are sagging and it looks loose, loosey-goosey. Not, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it, right? You're trying to go uh, do the Lord's work and all you got on is your PJs. You, you know, you're going to clip that gun to whatever you got and you're going to do work. what you got to do. Yeah. So that's what she did. But what he did is he saw that as an opportunity, maybe just to steal the gun and run. You know, oh, they're going to steal my 80 bucks. I'm going to steal this gun and I'm going to be a hero here in just a minute. I'm going to save face because I got a cop's gun. You know, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking, but he definitely goes straight for the gun and grabs it. And she did an amazing job blading she herself. Did. I mean, she's she's tough. dude. She's a tough girl. So I said at the beginning, like, I mean, other than her complete professionalism, which is probably not her fault. At the end of the day, like that is your department's responsibility. If you're going to hire people that don't have professionalism, it's your responsibility to give them the professionalism mm -hmm. because she didn't walk in. She didn't walk into that police interview talking one way and then go to work talking one way and then get off duty and then just talk a totally different way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there, there would have been indicators that she has a problem with being a, a professional speaker. Or, or having some kind of professional standard. So that, that would be the department. And this, look, this is Lori Lightfoot's police department. So, yes. you know, she wants it. This is what she wants. She wants this hip, cool, interracial, embrace your ethnicity, ethnicity style police, you know, police force. Um, you know, you, you had an encounter with this at your police department where, you know, uh, somebody's identity was more important than, than their, their field work. Right. Uh, you know, the qualification, th this is why I said at the beginning of the, at the top of this thing, 
the, your qualifications should not, your appearance should not be in part of, a part of your qualification other than your physical fitness. I, I agree that you're going to need a, a level of physical fitness to do this job because you're a threat. You're an anchor at that point. Like right now, I, there's no way I would put a uniform on. I'm, I'm so out of shape of, you know, bloated by ice cream or whatever, but uh, by blizzards, but um, you know, beyond that beyond the looks you you can't who i sleep with who i fuck who i uh identify as uh what my uh, ideological theory on um transitioning like none of this should be a factor it doesn't represent any community it doesn't what represents community is your ability to protect good people from bad people and that's it and and not you know, uh, not making uh, bad people out of good people. You, you see what I'm saying? Like just remaining objective. And and I'm telling you, a big part of this is interpersonal communication and being able to speak to somebody professionally. And and this is what I would get back to all the time in, in the interviews and interrogations course that I referenced at, at the beginning of this thing. Um, listen, we had a subdivision here in the, in, in the Tampa area. It's called Avala. And it's where, uh, you know, most of Tampa's uh, or a lot of Tampa's elite that live in the, the suburbs anyway, it's just a huge country club. You know, we're talking the uh, Warren Sapp at his high, Tony Dungy, you know, like your professional uh, ball players or, or high level, you know, market fund managers and all these these people like really, really rich people. And it was in a very exclusive part of um, dist- what, what, what we call District 1, which when I was growing up was called suitcase city because of its transient nature. So as the crow flies, you're in Avala about a mile and a half away. You're in the West side of Chicago, basically you're in Chirac. So um, the differences are like, it's just, it's phenomenal that right in the middle of this one district, you have all these multi-million dollar homes and then just a few, you know, yards away, basically less than a mile away or a little over a mile away, you have all these shootings and beatings and robberies and, and all this. My point always was, though, to the deputies that I worked with, there is no difference between the conversation that you should have at, uh, you know, outside of our district office, which was right in the middle of Crime Central and with somebody in Avala. And I used to get pushback on that all the time. I used to get pushback like, no, you can't, you can't let these people, these people are going to walk all over you if you talk to them professionally. You got to get down to their level. And if you go into Avala, you can't get down to their level. You have to talk up to them or something to that effect like bullshit. I'm standing here in a deputy sheriff's uniform with a badge. I have a patch that I represent a county. I have a, a, a tool belt basically on with some weapons that I don't want to use. So this is the best tool that I have right here, this and this. And if I treat everybody consistently, whether they're from a fucking trailer park or Avala or um, a mid-level subdivision or uh, the, the uh, Section 8 housing or whatever we call it now, multifamily housing, uh, <laughs> subsidized housing, everybody gets the same spiel from me it's the same affect it's the same spiel like i i understand they're a little bit less tolerant of me but that's my job to overcome that it's not their job to 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 love me 
I, I just have to be fair. And, and I tried to explain this to countless people who, you know, I have one deputy that was pining to be a master deputy. There's a, there's a uh, position known as master deputy. You can apply for it. Certain educational requirements is an extra three or three or four grand a year. And uh, he was complaining to me that he, he couldn't be a master deputy because I, I don't think he was ready. The other supervisor that was on our squad didn't think he was ready. And he told me, don't, don't put me in that zone over there with Avala and Northdale and all those other places. Because if you put me there, you can prepare yourself for um, complaints. So my first response is very simple. Okay, so you can fucking push these people around in the hood. And, and you'll get compliance out of them because you treat them like shit. But when I put you in Avalon, Northdale, you don't know how to talk to people. And you want to be a master deputy. And you want to be like the example. And you want to get paid extra. And you want all this, you know, this kind of prestige and responsibility. I'm not doing it. I'm not signing off on that. You, you've got to be able to demonstrate that you're a 360 deputy sheriff. That you can communicate with anybody in any situation fairly and honestly. I'll tell you, it is harder though to deal with the Abla people because their uh, complaints are such bullshit. Usually, and you're just like, "Oh my god, why am I here?" Um, white people problems, God. <laughs> um, but no, I, you know, um, I, I think going back to the problem that we're seeing with this ten million dollar lawsuit is uh, more of a focus on. Hiring people based on and, and well, frankly, the celebration of somebody's yeah. ethnic background or the celebration of somebody's um, sexual preference. sexual preference, uh, you know, and, and it's funny, right? Because we're in this time now where we're like super pro Jewish. Um, I guess there's like a war on, on Jews. I guess there's always been a war on Jews. I don't know. I I. I've never once said like I hate a Jew person or anything like that, but like I, I, I maybe in North Carolina nobody cares about the Jews, but I, um, I guess in the rest of the world there's like a, you know, we're, you know, if anti-Semitism is a huge deal. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't see it here, but you know, I, I can't even tell you who the fuck was Jewish in Raleigh because nobody cared. Right. No, nobody cared. You know what I mean? But like. Um, and I, and honestly, Raleigh did a great job. I mean, all the gay people that worked in Raleigh, like no, nobody cared that they were gay. They didn't have like, they weren't wearing like gay hair and, 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 you know, gay pins all over their fucking uniforms and stuff. They were just gay. Yeah. Um, but now in 2023, I'm looking at these new rookie officers coming in with fucking colors in their hair, little gay pins on their cars. Um, and, and, you know, you were mentioning to me that there was a gay lunching. Not lynching, a lunching. lunching. Tell me about this gay lunch. Well, it, it just, it's fine. Like there was a celebration of the LGBT community and and it was like the agency just put uh, a bunch of information out about it um, and, and it highlighted uh, just the people that attended. But, you know, it's kind of like I was, before this started, I thought to myself, you know, there's always been a lot of gay people in law enforcement. Yeah, and then course. I started thinking more and more about it like a fucking great place for gays to work. Well, like not a, like a non shit human. There's a lot of gays in the military. There's a lot of gay doctors. Sure. There's a lot of gay lawyers. There's gay people. Everywhere. Target rich environment. For so if you just fucking treat everybody like everybody like, I mean, are we going to have a straight luncheon? It, it's not a matter of 
um, there's a difference, I think, between like let's let's pull people into this one room because of the, and celebrate their who they fuck. It, right. It's it's more like listen, what does a gay lunch entail? I I don't know. Do they eat? Do gays eat differently? Like, is it all like phallic foods? I, I was afraid. I was afraid we were going to talk about this. Hot dogs, <laughs> pigs in a blanket. Like it's just all phallic foods. <laughs> is it pigs in a blanket? I don't know. <laughs> Like what is a straight lunch? Like if you like if they were like, hey, we're gonna have a straight lunch. We're gonna celebrate all of you guys out there who are fucking the opposite sex. Like today is about you. If you're fucking the opposite sex, then come on into lunch. What does a straight lunch look like? Like what do we well, have? Like what 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 kind of food do we have? How about we? I know this is serious, lunch. but I want to know. <laughs> That's I, I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm ignoring it, but I'm not. I want you to not ignore it. Like, I want to know what a straight lunch looks like. I want to know what a gay lunch looks like. Do you have colorful fruity fruits for a gay lunch? I or do gays eat like the same as straights? I mean, I, I would. I would straight party's barbecue. got pizza, but the gay party's got shrimp cocktail. I, I would. I would think everybody would be better dressed at the gay lunch. To be honest, you know, maybe I, like hot tea. Like hot I, tea Adam at the gay Carolla lunch does bring up. And, and listen, I, I Why am the fuck telling they get you, hot tea? <laughs> I am telling you, I have no pretenses prejudices i love gay people i love straight people i love trans people i love calm down crazy people like <laughs> you don't you gotta celebrate it but but right but the <laughs> point is like let's just fucking have lunch adam carolla used to say all the time like where you if you're going to invest in real estate follow the gay market just follow where the gays <laughs> where the gays buy because they're going to take a dilapidated house and turn it into a fucking palace. Yeah. And next thing you know, the palace next door gets, you know what I mean? Like, so if you like, is it, do you think in 10 years um, that the gay stereotypes are going to be just as bad as like a Jew? Like if you say like a Jew has a lot of money, or like Jews have a lot of money and people are like, Oh, anti-Semite, like you're anti-Semite. Like, is it later on when we're like, man, Jews, I mean, uh, gays really know how to decorate a house. They're going to be like, Oh my dude, that's anti-gay. You just stereotyped a gay, but the, you know, like, remember, like, why do you, I've said this a thousand times, but like, I've always wondered why people get so upset over stereotypes, especially when the stereotype, stereotype's not that bad, right? This is the chicken and uh, chicken, fried yeah. chicken and watermelon lunch always, that everybody like, made. There's nothing wrong of, with fried that, chicken and watermelon. I wish that was my right. stereotype. Like, fuck, that, I'll take it. it. Exactly. It's it's okay. I understand that it's racist, but you're making it racist. You're making it a right. racial issue, not you. The, the Man, people yeah. that push this issue forward, like, oh, how dare they? And and then there is another culture that is like, yeah, well, you're invited to the barbecue, white guy. You know what I mean? And and what are they having at the barbecue? Fucking every stereotypical food. Like, just be proud of it. Go ahead. Like, who cares? I, I don't yeah. give a shit that you what you're eating. I still want to have I a eat... gay lunch, though. I still I, I want to go. It's like the women's bathroom. I've never been in a women's bathroom when I was a kid. You know, like. You always wonder with your friends, like, man, what what's it like in there? Are the walls different, dude. The toilet seven, they don't have urinals. Like, you always wanted to know, like, what was in the girls' bathroom. I want to know what goes on in a gay lunch. I, I, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, I used are to the clean... napkins folded like all origami, like <laughs> no, swans and ducks and shit? But see, that's the exact point. It's the same fucking lunch. <laughs> it's the same height. You know what I'm saying? Like the the height doesn't. It, you know, maybe the lighting's different. Maybe they maybe they fucking went out on the you know on the decorations or something because there's a standard or whatever and and I don't think that that should be anything to be ashamed of but 
they're going to bring out the hot macaroni and cheese and they're going to bring out the fucking uh that that, that, gays know how to eat dude gays know how to fucking eat cilantro chicken or whatever it's the same fucking thing that you and i would eat so why are you having a lunch for that for that i don't think so dude i think i think if a department has a gay lunch dude they're rolling out gay gay lunch stuff uh, don't get me wrong the department didn't have that the department attended it and i and i do see though that we're on official business at that point so we are represent you know what i'm saying like yeah i'm not anti anything but if if we had a bunch of straights only or no, I, I you can't even say it, it like because that's not what the the point of that luncheon was. But you know, if we're getting too compartmentalized, we're forgetting that we're fucking human beings. And if if the well, no, the I goal, think we're forgetting that we're cops. <laughs> like you're not well, gay. You're too. a fucking that's, cop. You're right. not you're not an inner city black dude. You're a cop. You're not a redneck. You're a cop. You're not an <laughs> army soldier anymore. You're a fucking cop. Act like a cop. Yeah, this, you know, this like, is the old, you, you, you eat cop lunch, dude. Donuts and coffee. Shut the fuck up. Th- this is mean? the old philanthropic uh, dilemma that, and I'll tell you, like George Steinbrenner, um, who was based here in Tampa, like he lived here in Tampa. That dude was so generous to this community, and you didn't know about a fucking tenth of what that guy donated. Like boys and girls clubs everywhere. He gave police cars to to uh, to Tampa police and Hillsborough, like. That guy put his money where his mouth was to make the community better, but he didn't talk about it. He didn't need to. He just was doing it out of the goodness of his heart, out of the kindness of his heart. And everyone was drawn to that. He he had a bad reputation of being a bad boss. He kind of didn't care. And that's, again, what I was saying at the top of this. If you have courage to lead, just fucking lead. You You don't need to virtue signal. You don't need to chase the buzzword. And you don't need to do any of this other stuff to recruit. If you're going to represent your community, be someone that the community wants to be drawn to and associated with. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Murr 530 says, I don't think a straight white's lunch would, wouldn't fly, but they do it all the time at the golf courses. Sounds boring to you. No, a uh, straight white lunching is always at Hooters. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> with with a with a picture of Miller Lite. See? Like those are my stereotypes. I'd rather have the stereotype about a fabulous lunch with hot tea and hot macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want the fucking Hooters chicken wings that are mediocre at best chicken wings with fucking shit pitchers of beer. That stuff sucks, that, dude. Stuff that Stop stereotyping me. It's stuff that if it drips on your shirt, it's gonna ruin your shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, like dude. a barbecue or fucking wing grease or blue cheese, like real men. Yeah, real man shit, dude. I don't want ranch dripping all down my gut. <laughs> don't you say that word, ranch? <laughs> I, I will send like Micah blue cheese bullshit. But no, you know, um, with this lawsuit, it's going to cost the city ten million dollars. You hire people and you allow them to embellish their cultural identity. You're you, you, then then pull your checkbook out and keep writing checks. You know, you, you got to tell people that when they come in there, you can't say, I told you, bitch, I told you call the police. I just shot this bitch. I told you I was going to kill you. Now, listen, (laughs) I'm not a cop anymore. So if you come in, you fuck with my kids and I kill you, we're going to have a very dark conversation as you die. Like I'm going to talk all sorts of shit. I'm going to be like, yeah, bitch. You fucking thought you could kill my kids. You like that? How do you like this? Me turning your rib cage inside out. You like that? 
Oh, dude, I'm taking a piece of your earlobe too. Shh, go to the light. Kumbaya, motherfucker. You know, like what's gonna be dark and deep, and but I'm not a cop anymore. If I was a cop and I had to do it, then I would be like, "All right, man, stay with me. Stay with me. You're good. We're good. We got EMS on the way. Oh, we're gonna stop the bleeding. I need you to put your hand right here. Put pressure on it. You know, I'm gonna be a totally different guy. Because when you're a cop, you're a fucking cop, and and that's all you identify as. What, so if you're a cop out there right now and your department did not teach you to talk like a cop, to walk like a cop, to act like a cop, well, get ready, dude. Make sure your family has really good insurance because you're going to get sued when you shoot somebody and you talk shit to them as they're, as they're leaving this world. Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong or I would or I wouldn't do it, but I'm telling you, you're going to write a hefty check for it. It's probably a lot easier in the long run to just be a professional. And yeah. be a cop. This is the, this is the same. This is the Mattingly argument that that John Mattingly was shot pretty close to his femoral artery, and the guy that shot him got a three million dollar paycheck from the city. It's 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 the same kind of principle. Like I, I'll guarantee the the difference here is this though. I'm not comparing her to Mattingly. I I, I can almost guarantee that she wishes that she could have a do over from the shooting on. Because, you know, she probably said things that she regrets. I'm sure and, she does. But I mean, like, and like I said, that's because she hasn't been trained to speak any different. Yeah. Or, or the organizational culture that Marlon and I kind of refer to every once in a while is, is, it, it is that they're so boiled over. They're so bubbled over with anger and the lack of decorum that they just don't give a shit anymore. And, and they're, they're at the point, I mean, let's, let's boil it down to this she had to fucking come off of her uh couch to intervene in a fucking robbery right outside her own home so i mean there's probably plenty of anger uh at at the inability to protect the city that you're chosen that you've chosen to serve we've got a bunch of gay listeners out there we've got a bunch of straight listeners out there we've got mer 530 and salamander a lot of gay listeners out there dead like media and the such um and we want to include all of you guys. So going forward, uh, call to action. I want to know if you could have a gay lunch or a straight lunch, what would you what would you want your gay or straight lunch to look like? If there was a stereotypical, if you wanted your style of lunch to be a stereotypical lunch, I want to know what it is. We're going to post it over there. We won't put your names out there, but DM us what a good straight lunch looks like and what a good gay lunch looks like. Um, I, I, I'm I really just, curious. It's I, like I'm being not, in the girls' bathroom. I'm not backing down on my feeling on this. I, I, I just, I am clarifying though. Look, the luncheon is based on who you fuck. It is. That's yeah. what it comes down to. I, I don't, I don't walk up to you, Eric, and say, and, and give you graphic details of what my fiance did. When actually, one time, one time, you walked up and you said, "Eric, let me see your finger," and I was like, "What?" And you're like, "Let me see your finger." That's the last time. And I pulled my that. finger out, and then you put your 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 arm around my finger, and you said, "Pull your finger out of my hand." And I pulled it out and you were like, that's how tight she is. And I was like, ooh, ooh, you just raped my finger with your ooh, inappropriate. No, I'm and, just kidding. But like, you're right. Like nobody goes like if you are going around and gloating, you're gross, dude. You're, you're fucking gross, you know? And, and like, we shouldn't be celebrating who we're having sex with. Like, you know, you don't see dead leg, Asia, dead leg being like, dude, I'm so fucking into Asians. Like whoever right. likes to fuck Asians, let's right. have lunch together. We're gonna have a yeah. fucking Asian fuck only lunching. What we, kind we of food do you have there? What kind of food been... do you have at that lunching? <laughs> we you know have, what kind of food you have at that lunching. We have a, a group of people. It, we all know. 
I, I get that we have a group of people who had to fight to get to where they are. Uh, and, and, you know, like I had one of my greatest supervisors that I had when I worked at that agency had two strikes against her coming up in the 70s. She was a lesbian and she was a woman. And, and she was specifically told at the range by one of the uh, instructors there that uh, my job is to get rid of you. I, my, I'm, my job here as the range instructor is to fucking get rid of you. So they told her that to her face. She's going to have a chip on her shoulder for enti- her entire career. Sure. We are, we are not at that point anymore, though. And, and, and what I'm saying is when you, when you publish as, an, as a uh, governmental agency, w- look who we sent. Look, look at everybody. Look at all of us. How happy we are. We went to this luncheon based on our sexual preference. And, and it, that's not my fucking identity. That patch is not, it represents the entire community. It doesn't represent like that. Like keep who you fuck out of this. I don't care who you fuck. It's got nothing to do with law enforcement. We protect everybody. We protect. Exactly. It, we, we, that's we what protect, I'm saying. That, that, that was pretty much the point of today's episode, right? Like we're all police. We're not gay. We're not straight. We're not yes. bi. We're cops. You know, you're not redneck. You're not gangsta. You, you know, you're a cop. And I'm still and, wondering too, Eric, how redneck is still a term. Like if if everything is so offensive in this world, why isn't redneck a fucking an offensive term? Because like, it's for even, whites, dude. Whites deserve it, bro. Like right. you can't even say everybody. master bedroom anymore. Gay, black people never oppress gays. There's no gay <laughs> oppression from right. the blacks ever. Never. So, you know, whatever. Uh, I love Murph 530 in the chat says, I'll act gay for a tomahawk sake. Dude, I'll I'll do a lot of gay shit for a tomahawk sake. Mm-hmm. Do a lot of gay shit for a good tomahawk sake. Um, don't don't think I won't. Um twice, twice baked potato. <laughs> is that gay? Because if it is, then count me in. You know, <laughs> call me Jonathan Bates. <laughs> I'm all over it. Um, you know. Guys, uh, this has been an awesome photo stop. Uh, but but seriously, the takeaway here is that, that if you're a cop, we're all cops, right? And we got to get away from, yeah, we got to get away from from this cultural identity. Other than being a cops, it's going to poison policing. And again, political police poisoning the profession. It's police that are policing based on politics, which is poisoning the police. A cop is a cop, dude. Uh, you're here to rescue the crackhead. You're here to rescue. The rich elite, you're here to imprison the rich elite. You're here to imprison the crackhead. You're here to impri- whoever's fucking up or whatever that they, you have no soul other than you are a cop and, and, and live by it. I love the intro to that cop movie with what's it? Uh, I don't know. What's what's that cop movie that makes everybody cry? End of Watch. End of Watch. Leonardo DiCaprio. Great movie. Um, I think Denzel Washington was in it too. Good movie. Um <laughs> But anyway, uh, we love the live chats. Thank you guys for all being in there. All of our paid members, Bosco, John, Greg, Corn Pop was a bad dude, Michael Hendricks, Murr 530. Uh, Andrea popped in for a little bit. It was good to see her. We always have the uh, always beautiful and audacious Dead Like Media, Sarah Couch, our favorite little 15-year-old that should be in school right now, but instead she's blowing up our chats. Um, just kidding. She's like 25. She just looks 15. Um, intellectual iconoclasm. Um, I'm going to read this comment because I just saw it. I didn't see it back in the, the thing it says as a Q in the military, I was a soldier who happened to be Q, not a Q who was a soldier for social justice in the ranks of the army. And I was against dropping 
D-A-D-T. Oh, don't ask, don't tell because of exactly this. Oh, as a queer in the military, Q is queer. I thought we were going the QAnon route here. Um, okay, as now let's read it back. As a Q in the military, I was a soldier who happened to be a Q. Love it, dude. I love that, right? I yeah. could be gay for that. I'm Q for that. Uh, not a Q, uh, you know, um, for social justice in the ranks in the army. That's exactly what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, you know, full fledged, I'm a white trash redneck, but um, I just, you know, you're right. I was a, a redneck, but I was in the military. And I was a soldier, not a redneck. Right. We, we, in other words, you took, you swore to a constitution, and you, and you pledged allegiance to an American flag, not not a made up flag. But, but look, it, it's that doesn't mean that my opinion means that I hate somebody who pledges allegiance to a gay pride flag. Listen, dude, I, I, I said that uh, Russia is going to annihilate Ukraine in the spring, as soon as it warms up, and they get this good spring offensive after those little uh, May flowers. You know, after the spring showers and the May flowers pop up, there's not a lot of whole, whole lot of mud going on. Yeah. They're going to roll through there and wreak havoc. Somebody called like this guy got so mad calling me a right wing, crazy uh, conspiracy theorist. And I said, dude, that's just, that's war gaming, bro. Yeah. There's no like right or left about that. Like there, there was a spring offensive every year in Afghanistan. There are offensive. There's the Tet offensive. Like they use. Uh, holidays and seasons Arab as spring. military planning. There's no politics behind that. Like just because I feel like somebody's going to win a football game doesn't make me a crazy whack doodle th conspiracy theorist. Right. In this crazy times that we're living in. Crazy times we're living in. But guys, this has been a wonderful show. Next week we have a January 6th update. Um, a lot of new news coming out about the January 6th insurrection i knew it was only time before more information came out we had talked go back and listen to our old january 6 where we had spoken with some of the officers that were there and, and we couldn't you know we we talked about the conflicting stories but the the media was only putting out one narrative and if you believed anybody else you're a conspiracy theorist now all of a sudden now all of a sudden there's real data real people are looking at this and saying wait a minute something doesn't make sense with this you know, insurrection. Why was there this many people for this and not this many people for that? So we're going to cover all that next Friday should be a, a great show that will get me hated by even more people. Um, uh, but anyway, um, terrorist spring. It's real. Andrea says, anyway, guys, for everybody in the chats uh, for myself and easy drew breezy, this has been better to stop. Turn off the news breakdown and love your neighbor. Aru. Aru.